0: I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. It's a victory Monday for VCU basketball after they took down Alcorn State yesterday. Now they have a week off as the players will take their final exams. Got to do your schoolwork first before the Rams return to the Siegel Center for a tilt against Temple on Saturday That's coming up this Saturday right here on 910. The fan with a full 45-minute pregame show before I pass it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. And it is a revenge game as the Rams went up to Philly and lost at Temple last year. uh, In a game that I was there with uh, a few of my buddies from the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. And we were blown away with how bad the Temple student section was. So this week I'm calling all of Ram Nation out. The students are going to be making their way home for the holidays. It is time for everybody that went to VCU, alums, or just people that like VCU here in Richmond, to pack the stew for the game next Saturday against Temple. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. The question of the day is, is do you want an offensive-minded or defensive-minded head coach next season when the Commanders eventually fire Ron Rivera? That's the lead question on the Richmond Commander.
1: It's time for the Richmond Commander.
2: Are you ready for the...
1: phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. See, there's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander
0: kind of coach do you want next year 833 804 it sucks that we're talking about next year already after this season started so promisingly with the two victories against the Cardinals and the Broncos but here we are four games left in the season Washington is four and nine at the bottom of the NFC East with Dallas and Philadelphia both tied at 10-3 New York under Tommy DeVito have won a few games. Now, now they are 4-8 and eight on the season and ahead of Washington. So four games to go. And Washington's still not completely eliminated from the playoffs, but everybody knows the only thing that matters now is getting a good draft pick for the new GM and the new head coach to find talent out there to make Washington relevant once again, we know Ron Rivera will be fired. The question is when. But what I want to know is who do you want to be the coach next year? Do you want an offensive-minded guy or a defensive-minded guy? And Nikki Javhallo writes for the Washington Post that this hiring cycle for the commanders, we could be a hot ticket, right? The thing is, is because they've got a lot of money to spend. She writes, from an outside perspective, Washington is the best Washington job now That Dan Snyder doesn't own it, right? One agent who represents a number of NFL head coaches spoke out on the condition of anonymity to discuss potential hiring decisions, saying Harris is not Dan Snyder. And that alone makes the commanders an appealing destination. But Washington also is loaded with draft picks, including five in the first three rounds and seven in the first six in 2024 and is projected to have a good deal of salary cap space what's more it might have a quarterback in sam Howe. whether you believe in quarterback sam Howe or not the question is do you want an offensive-minded or defensive-minded head coach ron rivera as coach and head of football operations the commander-in-chief has gone 26 36 and one winning just 42 percent of his games, that is very mediocre, if not worse. And the Commanders have now fallen to 4-9 and nine behind a dismal defense, which is why I would like a defensive-minded head coach. Now hear me out. I get it. You don't want another Ron Rivera. You don't want another guy that claims to be a defensive coordinator, and then all of a sudden his defense sucks. He claims to have been a Hall of Fame linebacker, but he can't draft a linebacker to save his life. I get that. You are. We're all going to have PTSD from Ron Rivera, from the way the Rivera era ended with him completely bottoming out this season. But I'm going to flip it on you because I want one of the coaches on this staff to stick around. I want Coach Eric Bienmi to stick around. I get it. Some people have soured on him as the offensive coordinator, as the offense has taken a step back recently. Right, 15 points against the Dolphins, 10 against the Cowboys, 19 against the lousy Giants. you got to go back to the Seahawks game to find a good game that Sam Howe played well in. The thing is, though, is that I believe that Coach Eric Bienemy has been handcuffed to Ron Rivera. And handcuffed to Ron Rivera's decision-making, like drafting Ricky Strongberg, who... I thought was going to be good, right? All SEC center, but he hasn't played much this season. Then they draft Braden Daniels. And, oh, yeah, the first two picks in the draft were defensive players who haven't panned out either. And so I think you look at Eric bien and you have to say he got screwed by this offseason. Number one, they couldn't get the offensive line help because you had the change of ownership and there was not money to be spent. They went with the cheap route, Andrew Wiley, and I get Eric Bieniemy chose Wiley from his time in Kansas City, but I do not believe that that is who he wanted to replace uh, our right tackle. I don't think they had a plan to have him be the guy this entire season. I think Bieniemy thought, "Hey, we drafted a few guys." I still want Bieniemy to stick around, and so if you're not going to make him the head coach. How do you have success next season? I think you combine Coach Eric Bieniemy's detail-oriented offensive mind with a defensive-minded head coach. And it's going to pain me to say this because I'm looking right at the Dallas Cowboys, but I think Dan Quinn would turn this team around in two years or less. I really do. I think that Dan Quinn could be the perfect guy to fill in here in Washington. I believe that we still need to play to our strength, and our strength is still the defense, right? Yes, we have playmakers on the offensive side of the ball with a few good wide receivers. I still believe in Terry McLaurin. In fact, I had somebody tweet me yesterday at AWOD Radio. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air, and he said, do you want the commanders to trade Terry McLaurin if it would bring back a first-round pick? And I said, absolutely not. I still believe in Terry. I still believe in the offensive playmakers that we have, in Brian Robinson. I like Sam Howe. But I do think the strength of this team is still that defensive line with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, all right? And although, besides them, I think the secondary is very shaky. Maybe you don't give up on Emmanuel Forbes. He could turn into something. Maybe Quan Martin as well. But I think this defense is is more talented than the product that they put on the field, and it's just been bad coaching. Look, I don't think there's a lot of good playmakers on this defensive side of the ball. I would be fine with moving on from Benjamin St. Juice. Uh, Kendall Fuller's had a good season. Uh, I'd be fine with moving on from Percy Butler or Derek Forrest but paying Cam Curl, right? I still believe in Cam Curl, and I believe that if this defense had a good head coach who knew how to coach defense, that's the problem right there. Ron Rivera was never a good defensive coach in my mind. He just had great defensive players. His time in Carolina, highlighted by Luke Kuechly, one of the best middle linebackers in the history of the NFL, playing middle linebacker for Ron Rivera and getting stops there in Carolina, and so, I believe the best scenario for Washington, the best route for us to be a contender once again, is to get this defense back to being at an elite level. And you have your quarterback in Sam Howell. You want to keep him working with Eric Bieniemy. In my mind, it has worked. There have been some hiccups. There have been, you know, some up and downs as there's going to be with a rookie quarterback. But I truly believe in what Eric Bieniemy is building and he might be going to chicago he might be going uh to new york or something he could be getting job offers in la with the chargers i don't want to lose that guy all right and i'm telling you the reason other people are interested in him is because they're wowed at the fact that he's turned sam howell into a decent quarterback who was a fifth round pick that does not happen very often so in my mind the best scenario for the commanders is to keep Coach Eric Bieniemy as the offense coordinator and assistant head coach and bring in a sharp defensive mind to get the guys to play some elite defense once again. If you want to chime in, it's 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at one hundred five one FM. Week 14 of the NFL concludes tonight with not one, but two Monday night football games. On ESPN, you will see Titans-Dolphins kicking off around 8.20. And on ABC, you will see Packers at Giants kicking off also around 8.20. One of those games will end up being a stinker. One of them will be a shootout. I would probably lean towards Dolphins-Titans being the better game uh, than Jordan Love against Tommy DeVito. But maybe that's just me. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833 910 833 910 as the playoff picture is really starting to take shape. And I wanted to break it down right now, starting in the NFC as the new leader in the NFC is now the San Francisco 49ers at 10-3. and 3. They have the tiebreaker over Dallas because of the head-to-head win percentage in which the 49ers beat the crap out of the Cowboys. They've also beaten the crap out of the Eagles, who have now fallen down to the fifth spot because they do not win the NFC East with the Cowboys now holding the tiebreaker. The Eagles are the first wild card team. Third place, 9-4 Detroit Lions, pretty much locked into that spot. Fourth place, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now at six and seven, but there is a three-way tie in that lousy division there with the NFC South. So the Bucs hold the lead right now, tiebreaker over Atlanta and New Orleans. But Atlanta and New Orleans are both six and seven, but currently holding the 10 and the 11 spot in the NFC because if it's going to be a wild card team, it's going to take above 500 record. This season, or maybe just 500 with a tie, we'll see the way things shake out. But like I said, Eagles are five, Vikings with the clutch victory, three to nothing, are the sixth seed at seven and six. And the Packers sitting at six and six are your seventh seed. But if they lose, the Rams will move into that seventh spot tonight, and the Packers will fall down to the nine spot, a tie with the Seattle Seahawks. So, Stubb, let me ask you this here. 5-6-7 is Eagles, Vikings, Packers. I do not believe that is going to stay the same at the end of the season. Do you believe those are the three teams representing the NFC wildcard?
1: No, uh, I I agree. Obviously, it'll be the Eagles or the Cowboys. That's kind of a no-brainer. But for the other two, I would keep the Packers, but I think I'd put the Rams in over the Vikings.
0: So I am going to go with Seattle and I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I look at the Rams' schedule here, and look, they've got Washington coming up, so that should be a win. Uh, Then it is Giants. Saints and 49ers. 49ers to end the season is going to be a tough one, but the Niners might have the number one seed completely wrapped up by then and might be sitting Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy. So I just like the way Sean McVay's squad has turned it around as of late. I think they're going to get in, and then I still believe in the Seahawks over the Minnesota Vikings. Double, over to, yeah, double check
1: ahead. the Packers schedule, because I'm seeing some freebies for them.
0: No, I know, but I don't even know if they're going to win tonight. You know, I've, I would feel a lot different about them if they win tonight. But they're in New York. The Giants have been playing decent. They've been playing inspired. There's all these reports that Tommy DeVito is spending hours in Dable's office trying to fully understand the offense so that he can become a franchise quarterback one day. And I think the Giants are going to give him a game here and maybe win. Uh, then it's the Bucks. after that. Bucks are playing for their division. I think the Bucks probably beat the Packers. Then it's at Panthers, at Vikings, and Bears. Um, it's it's not the hardest schedule, but it's also not the easiest. You know, Vikings is a divisional game. Bears uh, looked really good this past weekend. That's also a divisional game in the NFC North. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers only won one more game um, for the rest of the season. Now over to the AFC, where is it? It's a little. Uh, a little more complicated in the AFC, that's for sure. Baltimore now number one at ten and three, ahead of Miami, nine and three. Kansas City falls to the three seed at eight and five. They'll probably stick right there at eight and five. Jacksonville, top of their division, eight and five. Cleveland, that's the interesting one right there, because Cleveland has been playing some really good football and this past weekend it was Joe Flacco. Stubb, tell me you had Flacco in line for a winner of the week mention. <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't think I did, but I should. I think he was just off the list.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible story. It feels like Flacco hasn't played meaningful football in five or six years, and now he came in and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, a playoff team, 31-27, to in which he threw for more than 300 yards and three touchdowns. He looked incredible, including a couple deep passes to David Bell, David Ajoku, and Amari Cooper. I've always said Flacco is elite. I know the joke is that he's not elite and that he won with Baltimore because of their great defense. But he throws one of the prettiest deep balls uh, in the history of the NFL. And I'm absolutely a fan of Joe Flacco. So I'm rooting for the Browns to make it into the playoffs. The sixth seed right now, also in that same division, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And your seventh seed, holding the tiebreaker over Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Denver, is the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Houston is an interesting one. They were into the wild card last week. Then they lost. C.J. Stroud went down with a concussion. We don't know his status for next week. They're 7-6. Denver right on the outside looking in at 7-6 with Russell Wilson. And then you have Cincinnati, who surprised some people with Jake Browning, won a few games, and the Buffalo Bills. Now, stop! I've already told you I've locked it in. Buffalo, I believe, is going to be in the playoffs. The other two teams I'm going to stick with, the five and the six seed right now, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Are you going with another squad?
1: Uh, for me, I'm keeping the Browns, but for six and seven, I'm putting in the Broncos and the Bengals.
0: Wow. So you're believing in Cincinnati. Oh,
1: huh? uh, I am. I, I think that Browning has really shown up and has taken on some good teams, and they have the tie over Buffalo right now, Yeah. and that's, I, I think that they could make it, and I really believe in the Broncos making it. They could even so the- win the division.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good point. So the um, Bengals have Vikings this week. We don't know if it'll be Josh Dobbs or not. Most likely it's not. Uh, Then at Steelers, that could really decide the wild card spot. But then very tough games to end the season at the Chiefs and versus the Browns. I will say the reason in my mind that the Bengals are on this two-game win streak here beating the Jags and the Colts in back-to-back weeks is less to do with the quarterback play of Jake Browning and more to do with the play of Joe Mixon really has he's great in the winter months because he's such a you know put your head down and run forward type of running back he's better when it gets cold he had 79 yards and a touchdown almost four yards a carry uh, in the win against the Colts I think that has been the difference there for the Bengals and defensively they're starting to wake up and make some plays so That's how I believe the playoffs will shake out in the AFC and the NFC, but we've still got four weeks to play, including two games before Week 14 concludes tonight. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. We'll go around the NFL with Mark Schofield coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Alehouse here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Take an extended lunch break here on a Monday. You deserve it. And week 14 of the NFL wraps up tonight with two Monday night football games. And of the 32 teams in the National Football League, 30 teams are still alive only the Carolina Panthers and the New England Patriots have been eliminated. Joining us right now to go around the NFL on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is Mark Schofield. What's going on, Mark?
2: How are you doing today, Adam? Great to be with you. we got a ton of NFL stuff to dive into, but it's always great to hop on.
0: Absolutely. So let's start with league MVP. And there has been a lot of chatter recently about Dak Prescott. Does he deserve it?
2: I think he does right now. I think what we saw last night and what we've seen over the past couple of weeks is Dak taking another step forward. He's been playing the quarterback position at an extremely high level. But I do think there are a couple of other contenders that have stepped forward in recent weeks. We saw one win a game yesterday in overtime. And that's Lamar Jackson. Uh, I yep. think what we saw from Lamar yesterday, there were a couple of moments. You know, my good friend JP Acosta at SB Nation, when we were talking this morning on our show. He compared it to that scene in Rocky where Rocky's trying to chase the chicken. You know That's what Aaron Donald was trying to do yesterday, trying to tackle Lamar Jackson. There were a couple of times where he had him wrapped up, but Lamar slipped away and made some big throws. Lamar's playing at a high level, and there's another player we are going to get to see tonight in Tyreek Hill. If he breaks that record, if he gets 2,000 receiving yards in a year like this with a couple of contenders floating around, that might get him the votes he needs.
0: That's a great point, but let's go back to Baltimore for a second here ten and three top of the AFC Lamar Jackson has returned to his mVP form having a terrific season and um it just it tilts me because before the season we did a bit on our show where you had to select one of the non-favorites right, to win the Super Bowl, and I chose the Baltimore Ravens, and Ross Tucker who's supposed to be an NFL expert, came on this show and said that I was crazy that Baltimore didn't have enough weapons offensively, and they weren't good enough defensively uh, to be a Super Bowl favorite, but here they are at 10-3 and 3, and it seems like It's going to go through Baltimore to get to the Super Bowl, unlike most seasons where it's gone through Kansas City. I mean, what do you think Baltimore's realistic chances are of winning the Super Bowl right now?
2: I think they're very good. I think a couple of things have developed for them this year that give them a very good shot to get out of the AFC. You know, I understand what Ross was saying about sort of the questions about the weapons, but we're seeing, I want to say, vintage Odell. But we're seeing from Odell Beckham Jr. right now what he can be for this offense, slant, slant and goes, digging goes, creating some explosive plays in the passing game. And that was an element that was needed for this offense because, you know, in years past, it's run through the tight end position. But now you're getting some explosive plays from him. You're getting explosive plays from Zay Flowers in the passing game. The rookie wide receiver has been a tremendous addition for them. And then defensively, a lot of it is scheme but they're so talented in the second and third levels. And this year, the ability to play good football offensively and defensively, sort of in the middle of the field, right between the numbers, it's a huge thing for teams. Some teams are very good at it. And Baltimore is one of them with the players they have on offense with the linebackers. They have like Roquan Smith on the defensive side of the ball, the safety play that they're getting. we are wondering about Kyle Hamilton, the knee injury because he left yesterday early, but they've, answered some of the bigger questions they've had coming into the year on both sides of the ball. And I think they have a very good case to get out of the AFC, get to a Super Bowl, and win it.
0: Mark Schofield here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Time to get to the question everyone wants to know. Who does Mark believe will win? The NFC South.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is the toughest question. It is easily football's most chaotic division. I can't make heads or tails of it. In the past couple of weeks, it's all that, well, we're just going to get one of those teams in, whoever wins the division. But now, look, you got three teams at six and seven. The, uh, the two that aren't in the driver's seat for the division right now, Tampa Bay's in right now. But the other two, the Saints and the Falcons, they get a shot of wild cards here with the way the results went yesterday. So, I still think Atlanta is the most talented of the three teams. The Saints seem to be, I don't want to say dysfunctional, but even when they win yesterday, it doesn't look right. There's... You know, John on the sidelines Tampa Bay is just still so up and down How much are you buying Baker Mayfield But they just beat Atlanta yesterday So maybe they do have the best case We're going to see these teams beat up on each other A little bit down the stretch I still think Atlanta is the best of the three With the weapons they have But my fear in the back of my mind is Alfred Smith got B. John Robinson involved yesterday He got Kyle Pitts involved yesterday you got Drake London involved yesterday And they lost The things we've all been sort of clamoring for them to do did they sort of revert back to what we saw earlier in the year when they were struggling and those players weren't involved? I don't know. I think they're the most talented, but it's hard to make a pick. I'll still go with Atlanta, but any one of these three teams can win it.
0: Yeah, I I would like Atlanta to give Taylor Heineke uh, another shot. I think he would give them uh, enough, you know, magic, Heineke magic, to win them the division. My producer has been all in on the Minnesota Vikings and Josh Dobbs, but he threw out a hot take earlier today. I want to get your uh, response to it. That was that the Denver Broncos could actually win the division. And when he first said it, I was like, what? No, that's crazy. But now looking at it, Kansas City has slipped up a few times, and Denver has a favorable schedule uh, to end the year if they can get past the Lions this coming weekend. So what do you think? Does Denver have a shot to win the division, and could you see them being a playoff team now that they've worked their way to 7-6? and six?
2: I absolutely could see them being a playoff team, first of all. I mean, they could get to 11 wins. You know, they have this Broncos game Saturday, and uh, this Lions game Saturday night, which is going to be a fascinating game to watch because Detroit sort of left the door open a little bit in that division after getting out to such a good start. But then yeah. you get the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Raiders, and it looks like Justin Herbert's about to get shut down for the season. He's already been ruled out for Thursday night. So those are four winnable games for Denver. So they could get to 11. And Kansas City, they've got a, cra- a scrappy Bengals team in the next couple of weeks, right? Jake Browning has played pretty good football the past two games. Kansas City seems to be in a bit of a gut-check moment right now. I could see Denver not just getting into playoffs, but they do have a legitimate shot to win that division.
0: Mark Schofield with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Read his work online at Mark Schofield. Uh, We threw it out there, the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. What do you want the next head coach to be in Washington? An offensive-minded specialist or a defensive-minded head coach? What would you say?
2: I mean, I, I think the way these things typically go, you go in cycles. You've just coming off the Ron Rivera tenure, if they do, you know, part ways with Coach Rivera you would expect the sort of cycle of things to be, okay, they'll go in a different direction. They go with an offensive-minded head coach. Right. But, and Mark, I, but the-
0: Mark I, would, I would argue that as much as Ron is a defensive-minded coach, it's the defense that let this team down over the last few seasons.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's also there's two ways to make the case that they should go defense first. One is this. You know, scoring ticked up a little bit the past couple of weeks, but this has been a year where defenses have perhaps leveled the playing field. And if that sort of trend continues, maybe you want more of a defensive minded approach, number one. Number two is your point. The defense has let this team down. The defense has been the bigger issue. And so perhaps you do get somebody from a defensive minded background, maybe it's somebody from that sort of fangio tree, that sort of two safety deep two tie safety world that we've been living in this year. Maybe you get somebody from that coaching tree to come in, sort of take another look at what you're doing on the defensive side of the ball. I could understand certainly that approach. My only thing with the offensive-minded offense head coach is this. If you're either going to A, continue with Sam Howell, or B, again, revisit the quarterback position in the offseason with a rookie, you probably want to have somebody in the building that's developed a quarterback. Now, could that be Eric enemy or somebody else perhaps? absolutely but that would be the offensive-minded reason the reasons for going defense we just outlined them i think they make a lot of sense too
0: yeah i i want coach eric biennemi to stay and so that's part of my reason while uh picking an offensive-minded coach so let me uh, before we let you go let's have you pick some winners for the two monday night football games who you got
2: yeah i mean i think in the two games tonight miami obviously they've got the You know, such an explosive offense. They got Tyreek Hill, who we just talked about as a potential MVP candidate. So I think I'm rolling Miami there. I think that one's an easy call. Second one's a little trickier. Giants have been a little feisty in recent weeks, but I love what I'm seeing from Jordan Love lately. I think he's taking a step forward in his development. He's gone from a potential question mark at that position for Green Bay to they believe now that they have the guy. So I'm rolling with Miami and Green Bay tonight.
0: Yeah, I think you're right with Green Bay. I mean, they're playing for a playoff spot. Uh, But uh, a few segments ago, Matt Valdez from the Sports Junkies threw out there that his lock of the week is the Titans to cover that 14-point spread tonight. What do you think of that?
1: Uh,
2: I wouldn't go there. (laughs) I I think Miami covers because they're so explosive. But, I mean, if if you're sort of chasing it at the end of the long NFL weekend, I can understand going with that play. I'm going with Miami to cover, but I, I can see it. I wouldn't do it.
0: Mark, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks so much, Adam. Enjoy the games tonight.
0: Yep, that's Mark Schofield. You can read his work at SBNation.com. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, always available on the go on the free Odyssey app, download it today, and just search 910 The Fan to hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And here on Mondays, I'm live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck, and I'm working up an appetite today, Stub, I'll tell you that. I'm looking at the menu right now, The one thing I've never had uh, is the giant Bavarian pretzel. Actually, you know what? That's a lie. I've had that before because <laughs> I had it with the beer cheese. The, yeah, I, one time I got it without the beer cheese. you need to get it with the beer cheese. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, I've never gotten the chicken pot pie rolls. Love the nachos, calamari. Uh, One of my friends was hyping up the fresh mussels. I had it two weeks ago with smoked gouda and bacon. They make great mussels here. The wings are amazing. Um, And they've got this one thing that is blowing my mind right now because it is so much food. It is a giant barbarian pretzel, all right? But on top of the pretzel, they put a cheese plate (laughs) with grapes and uh, mustard and a different kind of meat and a cheese, and it looks t- terrific. I mean, that pretzel thing looks like it would fill you up for three different days. So as I'm getting hungry here at Capital Ale House, we thought we'd do an impromptu dude food on the fan.
2: Dude! Food!
0: We're not
1: responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry.
2: Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? food? The most delicious food you've ever yes. tasted. How can eat this all the flip flop. <laughs> Food.
0: Dude, food. All right, so the biggest story we have to get to on dude food today involves McDonald's, but it's not about Mickey D's. It's about Cosmix. Stubb, can you tell us a little bit about what you know about Cosmix? So McDonald's is trying. We do you to not enter. know anything?
1: I know, I know a couple because I read the uh, Chew Boom article, but. So (laughs) basically, McDonald's is trying to enter the Starbucks uh, Dunkin' Donuts field. A lot of people already go to McDonald's for their coffee anyway, but they're creating their own separate stores to just sort of be cafes in that kind of vein.
0: Really? And so do we have any idea what the menu is going to look like? Because I have heard they're saying limited locations in early of 2023, and it might be countrywide by July of 2024. Excuse me.
1: Yeah, we're looking at some typical McDonald's menu items, especially drink-wise. But it, it's I'm looking here a spicy queso sandwich, some hash brown and mm. pretzel bites, and then uh, right some like some like cookies and stuff, which would be so kinda- it's
0: basically the McDonald's breakfast menu kind of served all day. And here's what I will say: there is a huge space. I think there's a market for it because Dunkin' Donuts dropped the ball. All right, Dunkin' Donuts had their had the grip on this, and you know what they screwed up is with their damn Dunkin' app, they stopped giving away points. And Ooh. I've told this story before where my buddy James had more than 1,000 points racked up, and he was supposed to have free coffee for three months, and then they changed the app and reset the points system, and everybody got pissed and stopped going to Dunkin' because of that. There's absolutely a market. Because of how much success Starbucks has and Dunkin' Donuts and all these other you know, mom and pop shops that do the coffee, there is a space there for McDonald's to dominate. And here's the best thing about McDonald's is they are a real estate company. People don't realize, right? When you watch the movie Founder about the story of McDonald's, you start to understand that they've bought locations all around basically the planet, not just in America, right? There's a Mickey D's uh, in France. There's a Mickey D's in Germany. And so they have all the locations that if they take a few stores that aren't having success and they rebrand them as a Cosmix, I think they might do really well.
1: Yeah, I, I think so You're, too. You don't I, seem to be a fan. I, I, No, I mean, I'm just not... Uh, a coffee guy, aside from like the Keurig yeah. that we have here. I, I think this, this right. is such an interesting branding thing to create like a separate store under the, the same roof. I, I don't know if I can't think of another company that's done that or another company that could do that besides McDonald's. Um, but I think you're right no. that they could take over the market if they have the cheapest coffee and they probably will. I mean, Starbucks has gotten right. ridiculous. And-, and if they have the points, I love to use the points. If you can use the McDonald's app points, uh, they've really got something going here.
0: Now the question people are asking is who is the character Cosmic? Apparently, Cosmic himself has not appeared in a McDonald's universe commercial in more than 30 years. Oh. Uh, they also have not revealed the exact locations. Uh, but of course, everybody knows McDonald's has their you know all their different characters, right? Uh, but it is going to be interesting. To see this kind of the pilot locations, you know, in the next few months here as they start popping up. I mean, uh, we're seeing one there's going to be built in Illinois. Uh, it looks like another one in Indiana. I think it looks like they're kind of
1: targeting the middle of the country here for the first few cosmics. I think that's something you don't really think about is, I mean, have, have you ever seen a new fast food restaurant start, like a new chain? Like, it's just. Not in my lifetime have I like like Wendy's and no, McDonald's yeah. have just existed forever. Like there's nothing new, right?
0: And Checkers yeah. and uh, all the and and Sonic and Arby's have You know they've got the meats. They've had the meats since the '60s. You're right. Um, that's that is um, kind of interesting uh, about that whole story. Now you put something on the outline that I am dying to dive into. You guys know I love to tout that Richmond is the burger capital of America. It was voted by several sources as the best burgers in the country and i think that's because we just don't really have any bad burgers right even the dive bars have great burgers i absolutely love the burgers here at capital ale the smokehouse burger is my favorite but you now have a new favorite burger in richmond apparently
1: i do and it was boulevard burger which i went for the first time and that thing was ridiculously good what what type of burger did you get there what was it called i already forgot uh, <laughs> I think there might have been onions on it. I just <laughs> okay. Oh, it was it was like a like you must a have been hammered. Dough. It was a sour. Sa- I was not. I, I think had, you were I had just nothing to so drink. Drunk. It was a family dinner. <laughs> okay. It was Sunday night. I was watching. Uh, you had a family was, dinner at Boulevard we Burger. We did. Last, <laughs> this was last Sunday. Uh, um, okay. Like it was a sourdough one. I think sourdough uh-huh. patty. I think was the name of it. Uh huh. And changed yeah. my life. So here's the thing.
0: I live right in Scott's Edition there. Great location for them. A lot of people love to go to Boulevard Burger right before they go to a Squirrels game or, or before they go out drinking in Scott's Edition. And uh, I will. I drove by it for six months without ever attempting it because I thought, you know, that's just like a Five Guys. I expected it to be like a kind of like a fast food burger. And then when I went, I was blown away. It is an amazing burger. Right? Yeah, and the whole vibe of the place is excellent. Now, it's not close to the best burger in Richmond for me. Have you I don't believe you've been to Bovine Burger Concept. I have. Have you?
1: I haven't. Oh, you have. You yes. you think this you I think liked this it better more than that? I liked it more. Whoa. What about it? Was I, it meatier? It was meatier, it was juicier. I think I think uh bovines trying to get a little more I don't know, testy, a little bit more unique with their flavor. Yeah. And yeah. Boulevard was just a classic good wow. burger well it's, it's definitely
0: want. a it's a good burger but uh so i have my rankings number one for me is easy burger right in scott's edition uh it is uh teaming up with zzq and ardent have you been to easy burger yet no <laughs> sorry so you're gonna have to go to that that place to compare it to uh boulevard burger but number two for me is uh the bovine and then three capital ale and then i have to it's not a list in Richmond, including burgers, if I don't throw Carrytown Burgers and Fries there because of my time working for that company as a fry man, <laughs> as a prep station guru, and uh, I do think their burgers are delicious, and part of that's because uh, they cook it in the bacon grease. Yeah. I mean, come on now, how good is a burger when it's cooked in extra bacon grease? And I do—that uh, was dude food. Oh, I yep. just
1: want to give a quick shout out to Wooden Iron. That's a good burger in Richmond.
0: Yeah. No, it is. And they have the game day, which is, I, I just think, the coolest combo ever where you get a burger and wings. Who needs a burger and fries so you can get a burger and wings? Uh, big boys like myself love that. <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. If we missed any food news, you can give us a call, 833 804 833 Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll go on the fast break with AWOD Talk about LeBron James and his fake trophy.